When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome. Uh, so today was all about the uh, compromises of the, the Constitutional Convention, uh, mainly. There was a couple of things also about the Federalists versus Anti-Federalists and the ratification, but the, the main point was the compromises. So let's just real quick go run down the three main ones that you kind of got to got to know. Uh, first up is the Great Compromise. You might also see it called the Connecticut Compromise. I will never call them that though. I will always call it the Great Compromise. That's what I grew up with, and so that's what I will call it. Um, and so <laughs> what we need to understand is that when the, the new government was presented, all right, it was the Virginia plan. That was basically the new government. And representation um, was the big issue. Each of these plans had a one-house legislature. So whereas today we have two, all right, there was only going to be one house and so, or one, one Congress. So it was a huge deal, all right, how representation was going to be. Uh, done and the great, I mean, the, the Virginia plan it called for representation based on population. So, large states are going to be happy, they're going to be excited because they're going to have all the power. All right, the more people you have, the more people you have representation, uh, more people you have representation, the more votes you have, you can outvote the small states and get your agenda taken care of. So, the New Jersey, the, the small states, like, right, well, no, we can't do that. We need, uh, we need to be equal. And so they came up with the New Jersey plan, which calls for the one house to be based on equality. So every state would have the same amount and everybody's vote would count the same. So there's the problem. Now, we kind of stamp our fingers and say, hey, great compromise is done. But there was a lot of debate, uh, a lot of questions, a lot of arguing back and forth between the Virginia versus the New Jersey plan. Eventually, they do come up with the great compromise, which basically is going to combine the two and create the system we have today where we have a two house legislature. So now you have the House of Representatives, which is based on population. So the more people you have the more in, in a state, the more representation you have. Like California has 53 representatives versus Georgia's 14. California outputs Georgia there. All right. Um, and then uh, the Senate is equal. So everybody has two, two senators. No matter where you're at, where you're at population-wise, everybody's going to have the same. All right. So the Virginia plan versus the New Jersey plan, and they, they came to a conclusion or a compromise there to create the Great Compromise, which just created a two-house legislature. Sounds easy, but it was a difficult process to get to back then. Uh, the other thing it does is it created, and we'll talk about this later on down the road when we get to the legislative branch, but it's kind of a check and balance on, on the two. So the House can't pass something the Senate doesn't like. The Senate can't pass something the House doesn't like. They have to pass the same exact stuff. All right, the next two were the three-fifths compromise and then the commerce compromise. Uh, the three-fifths compromise dealt with slavery, as did the commerce compromise. All right, so the question becomes now, <clears throat> um, so we have a representation issue where population is going to, to count for how many people we have um, in Congress, in the House. All right, the other thing it's going to count for is your taxes. So the South they want their slave population to count for representation purposes to get themselves more power. The, uh, and then they want them to not count for the taxes. 
right? The North was the opposite. They wanted the slave population to not count for representation purposes, but to count for tax purposes. So that's where the issue comes from. Uh, eventually, the three-fifths compromise is what's going to, to happen, where uh, they'll count three-fifths of the, uh, the slave population for both. All right. Uh, and then finally, is the commerce compromise. Uh, the question is, when should the federal government or should the federal government be able to you know, regulate uh, the importation of slaves at the time? And uh, the South was very much against this. All right. Obviously, the North was uh, not so much. And then uh, the compromise is going to be the fact that the, the federal government cannot touch the slave tra trade trade for 20 years. Uh, I think it was 1808 is when they were first allowed to begin regulating and, and uh, <clears throat> having an effect on the importation of slaves. Uh, and so that's the commerce, uh, the commerce compromise. All right. All right. So there, those are those two. The other things you talked about was the anti-federalist versus the federalist. Uh, and um, the Federalists, they wanted the big, strong government, big, strong central government um, versus the Anti-Federalists that wanted a strong state government. Uh, that was That's the big difference. Uh, the Federalists were for the new Constitution. The Anti-Federalists, um, I don't say they were against it, but they, they definitely wanted some, some changes. The big one uh, is the Bill of Rights. That's what eventually gets this thing ratified and signed off on. You know, once again, just like with the Great Compromise, we kind of snap our fingers. I don't know if you can hear my, my snap there. But, um, and uh, hey, the Constitution is signed. But there was a lot of going back and forth here on whether this thing should be even be happening and should be done and if it's the correct way to do it. So it wasn't like this unanimous vote where just everybody in the country was you know, celebrating the new Constitution. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that went into actually getting this thing signed and done. The Bill of Rights was the big hangup, and here's the deal. The Federalists just said, hey, you know, those rights, the freedom of speech, religion, no unlawful search and seizure. Oh, the, the government will never do those. The government will never take those things away from you. The anti-Federalists like, well, you know what? We think they will. And so we want them written down somewhere. And so that's where the Bill of Rights, those first 10 minutes, comes from, is the fact that the anti-Federalists were so adamant that those rights need to be written down uh, to avoid the... Um, the government from taking them away and i'm kind of glad they did because you know um who knows what rights the government might be willing to take away if they weren't expressly written down in the constitution all right guys so that was uh today the 16th um tomorrow we'll get into checks and balances and separation of power all right guys hope all's well y'all take care